Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Okay. Gosh. Okay. Peyton is learning how to draw with charcoal and chalk. So cool. You guys should totally do it. It is so, so beautiful. Huh, Pei? Mm-hmm. All right. City of Ghosts. Chopped off seven turn. Purpose. It's crazy, but I know she's right. I can feel it in my bones. The answer to the questions I've had for the past year. The ones that have been getting louder and louder since the accident. Why am I drawn to the veil? How am I able to cross it? What am I supposed to do on the other side? Laura's hand drifts towards the mirror pendant around her neck. How does it work? I ask. Remember the way she, remembering the way she dangled it before the ghost, the incantation pouring from her lips. Laura, Laura draws the necklace from over her head and sets it on the bench in between us, reflective side up. Ghosts can't look in the mirror, she explains. They get stuck. I think of Jacob back in the bedroom at Lane's end, snagged in his own reflection, the terrible vision of himself against the glass, and I remember the only answer he would give me. I I got lost. I rack my brain. Had I ever even seen Jacob look into a mirror before that? There wasn't one in my bedroom back home, and I and he never went to the bedroom or never went to the bathroom. He never needed to go. Whenever he passed a thin mirror in front of the hall, he always kept walking. I never gave it much thought. What do you mean stuck? I asked. Mirrors are honest, said Laura. Oh, I think it's Laura, actually, this whole time. Sorry, guys. They show you who you are. For a ghost, the mirror forces them to face the truth. And what's the truth? Laura looks at me, her eyes like stones, heavy. The truth, she says, is that they're dead. They're gone. She sits back and she sits back. In that sense, we're like mirrors too. We show them. We tell them. And once you get to keep, you, you get them to accept the truth, they just reach in and pull out the thread. You should always carry something reflective, she adds, for perspective. Oh, for protection. Protection, I ask, from what? Not all ghosts are friendly, she said bluntly. Every time that you step into the veil, you've got one foot in our world and one foot in theirs. And you may think of yourself as a visitor a spectator but the truth is if a ghost is strong enough they can hurt you and they will because they've got something you've got something they want what's that lara taps her chest a life i think of the dull dull, dark rope that she pulled out of the ghost chest and the strained light that fills my chest whenever i'm in the veil the same light that i saw in lara Lara. no it's lara 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 l-a-r-a lara yeah yeah She glances past me. Oh, look, she says dryly. Your friend's here. I twist around and sure enough, there's Jacob scowling at us from behind a nearby tree. Relief rushes through me and I wish that I could throw my arms around him. But the moment that his eyes sees me looking, he ducks back out of sight. Only the toe of his sneaker and the chunky mess of blonde hair stick out from behind the trunk. Lara stares down into her cup. Maybe my tea's gone cold. She rises to her feet, sweeping the pendant off the bench. Back in a tick. 
I watch her walk over to the kiosk at the edge of the green. She sits in line, checking her phone, and she waits to order. I catch movement out of the corner of my eye again. This time, Jacob sinks into the bench beside me. For a few moments, neither one of us speaks. I feel like I should apologize, but I also... I also feel like he should too, since I'm relieved when I open my mouth to say sorry, and he cuts me off. I shouldn't have disappeared. Ugh, rule number 16 of friendship. I say, don't go somewhere that I can't follow. I thought rule number 16 was never spoil the end of a movie. No way, I said confidently. That's rule number 24. He chuckles, and it's great to see him smile again, but the space between us still feels tender, like a bruise. Jacob takes a deep breath. I won't, I didn't tell you, he said slowly, because I was afraid that if you knew, if you knew why ghosts were stuck in the veil, if you knew that you could send them on, you'd send me. But you're not stuck in the veil. Jacob looks down. I was. Well, you're not anymore. You're here with me. Do you want to leave? His head snaps up. No, of course not. Then why would I send you away? You're my best friend. And I think that there's a reason that we're all tangled up. Jacob brightens. You think? I nod empathetically. You're not an ordinary ghost. I think you're supposed to help me. I think that we're supposed to be a team. He brightens a little. Like skull and bone? Yeah, I said. Like skull and bone. He cracks a smile. Which one of us is the dog in the scenario? Lara returns, holding a fresh cup of tea. All right, she says. Where were we? Jacob leans forward. I still don't like her. Lara's eyes flick toward him. I don't like you either, ghost. He nearly falls back on back off the back of the bench. She can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, says Laura, and I can see you. And I shouldn't be able to do either of those things because you shouldn't be here. I clear my throat, eager to change the subject when I feel it. The tap, tap, tap of a nearby ghost. Laura feels it too. I can tell by the way she stiffens, head cocked as if listening for a sound. What did you say? She asked me, turning to go. Ready to see what you can do? Oh, they're going to go into the veil together. Into the in-between, as Laura says. Mm-hmm.